a radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. To see, to see the face of God is to be destroyed. So God now veils himself in, in the flesh and blood of Jesus. And he uses that, those means, namely his flesh and his blood, his life and, and his death, he uses those means to save us. And when we were baptized at the font with God's name placed upon us, the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, with the sign of the cross being placed upon our forehead and our hearts marking as ones redeemed. We were adopted as sons of God. Are we doing the show now? Is the theme over? At last, the time has come. Welcome to Table Talk Radio. And uh, this is an exciting day because finally, finally and at last, we have Pastor Wolf Miller's permanent replacement. Uh, Vicar Matthew Jacola, welcome. Uh, Vicar hello, Jacola. hello, hello. Thank you very much. Are they still calling you Dulas around there? Uh, no, they give me my proper title, King. <laughs> Good. <laughs> actually, actually, they call me Vicar. They don't even know my my real name. Um, the other day at VBS, my dad came to pick up a fish tank, and they and he's like, "Well, where's Matthew? Do you know where Matthew is?" And they're like, "Um, we don't think we have a Matthew here." What, what grade like, oh, is he in? Vicar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that. Uh, I remember that happened for me too. Um, when I was on Vicarage, the the alb that I had was the exact same one as the my Vicarage, uh, Vicarage supervisor. So I put a little E on the tag, uh, so we could, you know, uh, knew, knew which one was mine. And he said, "What's E stand for?" <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, vicars have first names. You actually get you actually get to use your first name when you become a pastor. Oh, good to know. Yeah. All right. So in today's lineup for Table Talk Radio, in where is Pastor Wolfner anyways? He just in the, is he in the back on the hammock or what? Um, he is uh, out of town, uh, drinking pina coladas and doing nothing. Uh, he's in Albuquerque uh, in, an, in um, a class taking an extensive continuing ed class. Right. Oh, okay. Well, we will miss him just a little bit. Um, just a little. But not. But not that much. Uh, okay, so bumper sticker and church sign theology is what we're playing first, and then some church. Uh, what, what was that game again? Uh, name that church body. Name that church body. And uh, you you found an easy one for me, right? And I found the hardest one I could find for you. So yep, that is correct. To show that my wisdom is better than all of yours. <sighs> That's right. All right, we're gonna we'll see about that. You might be eating those words. Yeah, probably. I would like to put a disclaimer, though. All the heresies you hear now are from Pastor Wolf Mueller, and everything you hear (laughs) that is correct comes from me. Yeah. Well, see, uh, I think that um, he has approved anything that you say, didn't he? Didn't he approve this radio show? Oh, that's right. He approves these messages. So I I think you should just have at it, and then he takes responsibility for any false teaching. (laughs) It works. Maybe I will. So I think first, though, we hit some buzzwords. So do do you have a buzzword for me? I do. Um... My buzzword for you is myth. I looked on the website, didn't see it on there. Um, a myth is a story uh, relating to history or events which usually explain some uh, belief, custom, institution, or phenomenon. Um, there are also stories in which a deity acts in space and time, and they are also a presentation of uh, a way to explain things in the world, such as death, uh, seasons, growth. Um, this is important because this morning I was teaching about Baal. And to explain death and the seasons uh, concerns Baal. 
Nice. Okay, myth. I, I yeah, that's a new one. I didn't uh, pick a new one for our my theological buzzword for you, uh, and that is uh, substitutionary atonement. Um, substitutionary atonement is the way we in which we understand what atonement is, and it's pretty self-explanatory. Substitution. So like. Um, uh, uh, Vicar Jacula is the permanent substitute of Pastor Brian Wolfmuller. So that, that's how we understand what, what a substitute is. So now, when we talk about substitutionary atonement, uh, we're talking about one who uh, atoned in our place. Uh, Jesus, who died on the cross, uh, in our place for our sins. So that he suffered the wrath of God, not sinners. Which is quite an amazing thing if you think about it. So that we are the ones who deserve the wrath of God because of our sin, our failure to keep the commandments, and and uh, not even our desire to want to. Um, and then Jesus comes and he lives a entirely perfect and righteous life, free from all sin, always desiring and always fulfilling the perfect obedience of the commandments. And then he's the one that dies as a sinner on the cross. He's the one that suffers the wrath of God. And we are treated then... Um, in our baptism, we are treated as saints, that we are treated as holy, we are treated as righteous, because of Christ's righteousness is then imputed to us. So all that is kind of wrapped up in the idea of substitutionary atonement. Your theological buzzword for today. Thank you. Good luck with that. Now, we're going to hit the, the emails. Uh, do you have an email there ready for us to, to read? Uh, I do. Okay. Do you want me to read the whole thing or just uh, the bits and pieces to get the idea across? Oh, start off with the whole thing, and I might have you summarize it. All right. Uh, so from Joe from Richland, uh, he says, uh, You may want to make sure you're both sitting down for this. I have a gasp, serious question. Nope, this isn't my attempt to make the cut at the Wolfmuller School of Hilarity. Uh, so the doctrine of vocation. I've been doing some reading on this, and I'm amazed at the difference I see between the Lutheran Church's view on this and, say, a Baptist church. In the Baptist church I used to attend faithfully, I was crystal clear after a time, that Christian service was only seen as real Christian service if it was somehow tied into something within the context of the local church. For example, these things are seen as serving, being an usher, singing in men's group, mowing the lawn, visitation, cleaning the church, etc., etc. Even though it was never explicitly said from the pulpit, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out what the meaning of service was there. It comes out in the messages. Uh, serve, obey, obey. Sunday school and off-the-cuff comments from the pastor and deacons. So after a while, you feel crummy and empty and guilty. You think God isn't going to be happy with me unless I'm doing something for him at his house. So out of worry, you get involved in something, anything. You just don't want to disappoint God, and you still are feeling guilty, and you eventually get burned out. Why? Well, I think I solved this one, at least partially. Lumpy is free to correct me if needed. Wasn't Lumpy supposed to be here today? He was. Is he around there? Have you seen him anywhere? No, I think he. I think he went on vacation with Pastor Wolfmuller and his family. Hmm, that's awkward. Uh, after reading the LCMS view on vocation, I think I know why I felt that way. Uh, in a nutshell, the definition of what a neighbor is is taught wrong at that church. Basically, the thinking is: if you are a real Christian, then you serve the church. Also, this path of serving out of guilt seems uh, to border on works righteousness. A desperate attempt to quiet a guilty conscience. I guess it's just it, I, I guess it just came to feel like a form of legalism. Understanding the doctrine of vocation as seen by the LCMS is liberating. Now I know that because of Christ I can serve and love my neighbors, not just at church, but my wife, child, friends, family, etc. I have opportunity to serve my loving by loving my neighbors, all neighbors. 
And just because I'm not at church 24-7, and I'm not like a missionary or deacon, or serving there in every capacity possible, doesn't mean I'm in lower caste in the congregation. Sometimes one can serve because uh, one, service spots are taken and people won't share the burden. Um, am I off base or heading the right direction? All right, thank you, uh, Joe, for writing in. Uh, by the way, if you have an email for us, it's a questions at tabletalkradio.org. Um, I think you're right on, Joe, uh, and I, 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 I uh, second that, that the Lutheran view of vocation is one that is very uh, very liberating, one that is uh, that, sh- that shows us our freedom in Christ. Now, uh, Vicar, there may be those listening who don't know what the Lutheran view of vocation is, so how would you uh, pretty quickly here uh, define it? Right. Uh, the easiest way to define it is vocation is where that Christian is in their life. Uh, so the vocation for me is a student, a vicar, brother, son, friend, uh, co-host. Um, yeah. Where, wherever you are in, in this life is your vocation. Um, the thing that uh, this Baptist church is saying about vocation is that it is the way you serve church or, in a sense, the way you serve God. Um, but for substitutionary atonement, we don't have to serve God. Uh, Christ has come. Hey, and, you uh, fill in with Pastor Wolfner very, just perfectly. Phone going off in the middle. That's great. I think what he usually does is he unplugs that sucker. <laughs> we have a live call. Maybe it's Pastor Wolfner. Do you need to take this? No. Oh, now it's going nuts. All right, we're good now. <laughs> that's, that's fantastic. Now you just need to squeak in your chair a little bit and then go on a rampage once in a while. I think you're filling the part. Way to go. Oh, there. good. Well, may- maybe I can uh, continue with those rants. <laughs> but uh, su- with substitutionary atonement, uh, Christ has come and taken our place, so we don't have to serve God. We don't have to have, have to do the things that we're unable to do because he's done it for us. He's fulfilled the Ten Commandments. So what we're supposed to do is believe in Christ Jesus as our Savior. We're supposed to love, trust, and fear in God. And with that, the gifts he bestows on us, we're able to love our neighbor. We're able to serve them. Um, so... Uh, the serving doesn't go to God. It goes to our neighbor. All right. And I will give you 200 points for using the theological buzzword. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, I think the way that this this uh, helps us understand is Luther's talk of the mass of God. And so that, uh, you know, we, we people pray and they say, Lord, give us this day our daily bread. Uh, then later that day, um, you know, maybe a child prays, give us this day our daily bread. And then that child's mother places a, a food of plate, in, a food of plate, a plate of food uh, in front of that child. And uh, the child says, thank you, mom, for the for this meal. But then they also bow their heads and, and pray and give thanks to God for uh, for the meals or the food. So that God works through us, through our vocations, through us um, in our serving our neighbor to answer our prayer so that we are actually in our vocations the mass of God, the way that, that God is, is answering the prayers, providing for his people. So, good. I think that is right. That does uh, help us, give us kind of a freedom from this, I must be serving the church or I'm not a real Christian. So, very good, Joe. We need to hit a commercial break. When we come back, we're going to play bumper sticker and church sign theology. If you have a question for us, send it to questions at tabletalkradio.org. We'll be right back after this commercial break. Oh, take off your mask. There are people outside looking. Take off your mask. You can find what you seek. Take off your mask and sit down at our table. 
sit down and share with us what we have to eat. Table Talk Radio. Disappointing listeners since 2008. Do the bumper stickers on your car say a lot? A lot about who you are or who you're not. And we're back on Table Talk Radio. All right, now it is time for church sign and bumper sticker theology. Oops, I shouldn't have said that. It's time for church sign and bumper sticker theology. All right, so this is where you call in your church signs and your bumper stickers to 1-800-385-SOLA, 1-800-385-7652, and record your bumper sticker on our voicemail system or your church sign, and we will talk about it here on the radio. So let's hit the first one. Here is a church sign. Church sign, stop, drop, and roll won't help you in hell. Okay, I think oh, hmm. I think that's factually true, right? Yeah, probably. <laughs> Sounds like something that would be on Facebook. Oh, Facebook! Do you have Facebook, Vicker? <laughs> I do. Are you? For- I, I got I got rid of it for a little while for over the summer, but I brought it back. Uh, oh, getting- so it's like an addictive nature. You can you can avoid uh, it, huh? Not not really addictive. Just uh, getting. Uh, in contact with people from Hope who will want to keep in contact with me when I go back to seminary and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Because so it's more for because phone numbers and email addresses don't work. You have to have Facebook to do that. Yeah, that exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that makes. But at sense. seminary, I'm too busy for the phone. I don't make phone calls. I can surf Facebook in class though. <laughs> I don't uh, do that, profs. I'm just letting you know, professors. I do not do that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So think about how much how many tuition dollars you're spending as you check Facebook in class. That's amazing. That'd be like the most expensive Facebook login ever. I know. I don't understand why people do it. <laughs> yeah, look, look at you. <laughs> but well, I, I don't I, do that. I actually just take uh, my pen and notepad. I don't bring my computer to class. Oh, there you go. Good for you. Good. All right. Um, I, I did take my laptop, but I took notes. I don't think I was... Well, I, 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 can, I can say with absolute certainty I never checked Facebook when I was in class. Just played Oregon Trail. Yeah, just played Oregon Trail. That's right. <laughs> All right, with this, uh, stop, stop, drop, and roll doesn't work in hell. Uh, this is one of those, uh, you know, uh, warning. You better, uh, you better. Let's see, does does Wolf Miller have a? Uh, let me read through the the worldview catalog here. Jesus is my homecoming king. Garbage in, garbage out, garbage out, which is the karma one. Uh, Dynamite Jefferson's moving on up. Um, this would be like the Rick Warren good works type of a thing. Bread Alone, which is a materialism, or this is also called What You See, What You Get. A little less conversation, a little more action, which is pietism. God is a super nice guy. Haunted House Evangelism, I think that's the one that we just came across. Um, Stop, Drop, and Roll doesn't work in hell. So this is Haunted House Evangelism. Um, And then there's Just Do It. Uh, This is the self-esteem booster one. Um, the world is getting better and I'm proof, <laughs> which is the evolutionary one. And then fill in the blank Jesus so that Jesus can be whatever you want him to be. Hmm. So, uh, that's our, our worldview catalog. And I think that this one works under the title of haunted house evangelism. You just scare people enough. Then they'll want to come into your church, I guess. Is the... But it's not that terrifying. I mean, I mean, if you think about it, I mean, stop, dropping, and roll. I mean, you could be on fire. It may not work now. You actually have to may use, I don't know, a fire extinguisher. But, but the the, the scariness of hell is 
as being departed from God, not having any connection with him whatsoever. Mm, yeah. Um, that should be the true terror, not just being burned. Yeah, fire, yeah. Okay, yeah, it's, it's interesting the how these um, images of hell come up in Scripture, and then those are the things that people latch on to, you know, the fi- lake of fire. So that's, that's the one that's being played on here. Uh, but good point, Vicar. All right, let's hear the next one. This is another uh, church sign. Church sign, are you quiet enough to hear God's voice? And that's on the Unitarian Universalist Church in Gainesville, Florida. <laughs> are you quiet enough to hear God's voice? All right, Vicar, what do you think is behind this one? Huh. Are you quiet enough to hear God's voice? I'd almost say the one about pietism. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing, kind of in a holy sense, then you're never going to know God. Uh, that would be my guess. Yeah, I mean, certainly behind this one is the idea that, uh, well, it's 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 mysticism, right? Um, yeah. That that God speaks to me directly in my voice, and this is uh, all over the place. Now, this happens to be on a on a universalist church, but this would almost fit on any any uh, evangelical church sign, right? I mean, you're you're driving by the so-and-so non-denominational church. This sign fits in just just great. Um, so uh, the idea is, if if you're yeah not being holy enough, if you're if you're being too distracted by the business of this world, then you're not going to be hearing God God talk to you. Um, the scriptures though teach us that we should rely only upon those holy scriptures, the prophets and the apostles. To hear to hear the voice of God and nothing else, so that and uh, the Psalms and the, and the Psalms. <laughs> that, I guess that's not included <laughs> between prophets and apostles. <laughs> uh, but uh, but it's Scripture alone that we that we have our voice from God, and we don't go looking for a voice in our head. That's very very dangerous. Um, so I think uh, I think that's what's behind this one. Are you ready then for uh, some bumper stickers? Sure. All right, here it is. Hey, this is Nathan from Texas again. I've got two more bumper stickers for you guys. There's a car that says, What Would Scooby Do? And another bumper sticker that says, Homophobia is a social disease. So that's What Would Scooby Do? And Homophobia is a social disease. Thanks. Love the show. Bye. All right. Um, I'm not sure if this one fits into the the worldviews, but... How about uh, this first one? What do you make of, what do you think is trying to be said here with this, what would Scooby do? What would Scooby do? I think they're just, I think they are in love with Scooby-Doo. <laughs> um, I think. I, I don't know. I think this is probably just, a, a, you know, when you when you take these two, get two bumper stickers together, you get a little bit of a perspective where this person's coming from. And the what would Scooby-Doo uh, would, would probably be, Run away in fear. Uh, well, I was I was gonna say it's it's at least just a mockery, you know, mockery of the what would Jesus do bumper sticker or bumper sticker bracelet or whatever you have. What would Jesus do? Right. Um, and of course, the the humor here, here is, and and I only know this because um, I know someone who is I know the primary instructor of the Wolf Miller School of Hilarity. Um, that the humor here is that uh, Scooby Doo is the name, so that you're you're. You know, combining the end of Scooby Doo and then where you would expect the verb, what would Scooby Doo? So if you're going to actually have the verb, what would Scooby Doo do? Would be how how you should 
you know, have it. Scooby Doo. Right. So just making <laughs> making fun of Christians who have what would Jesus do on there? Okay, I, now I what about Pastor Wolfmuller's rubbing off on you since you have to explain your jokes. <laughs> <laughs> I should I should open up a competing school of hilarity. <laughs> Where we explain why the school, the first school of hilarity is funny. I like that. I like that. Uh, but what about the, what about the second one? This this one is more interesting to me. Um, homophobia is a social disease. Well, I, I think it's definitely showing their their worldview about how you have to be loving and tolerant and and just homosexuality is is okay because it's between two people who love each other. Um, it, it's using homophobia um, in, in the sense of it being a disease, um, in the sense that it, it's wrong, um, in the sense that uh, th- this worldview of, of, of homosexuality being correct and that uh, homophobia is a, is a disease, kind of like, um, I don't know, the flu that goes around and catches, but you can finally get rid of it. Yeah. Um, so th- this is a pretty classic uh, use uh, I don't even want to call it the use of rhetoric, just a way of, of arguing that if you can, uh, it's this fear tactic, right? That, that if you can make something sound like, oh, it, it's a it's a disease. So now you're saying that if you oppose homose- homosexuality, you have some sort of a disease. So I, maybe I should have a, uh, um, a bumper sticker that says the uh, use of fear tactics is a social disease. And now you can't, uh, now you can't. Now you can't do it. Um, now we we oppose homosexuality because it is in fact a uh, a, a, a moral sin, and so uh, not because uh, we're afraid. Because I mean that's what homophobia literally means, right? That you're afraid of a homosexual. Yes. Um, I mean, I I don't think people are really afraid of homosexuals. Um, I think it's just that we opposed oppose the behavior. And so uh, I, I, I'm not quite sure that it's a homophobia that, that the problem is, and and uh, whether that is really a social disease, I guess, is a is another question. But I have we one. We will have to see what happens tomorrow at Chick Fil A. Yeah. Well. Oh, tomorrow is the big day. Everybody's going. Yeah, the first. You have a Chick Fil A there in Denver? Uh, we have a couple, but none. I think they're closer to the church than my house. So so you may go in there uh, for lunch then, huh? Maybe. Did we'll you see. did you like wake up at like ten thirty this morning and then roll in at like eleven thirty just because uh, the boss is away? No, I got up at six and left the house at seven so I could be here by eight. Ugh. Yesterday oh. I woke up at five thirty to be here by six. Boy, they had a they had a. I'm surprised they don't have like a little cot in Pastor Wolfman's office for you to sleep in. Yeah, I, sh- I should bring one in here. Yeah, that'd work. All right, one more before we hit our next break. Uh, here it is. Hi guys, this is Noah from Houston. I'm nine years old. I was walking through a parking lot and I saw this highly decorated bumper. On this car, one of the bumpers, one of the bumper stickers said, Jesus is a liberal. I was wondering if you could explain what this means. Thank you. Bye. All right, Noah, thanks for calling in. Uh, Jesus is a liberal. I cannot do that in 10 seconds. So let's take a commercial break, and then we'll talk about this bumper sticker, Jesus is a liberal, after this commercial break, and then play Name That Church Body. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. So love me, love me, love me. I'm a liberal. Table Talk Radio. 
the disaster continues. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. Before we play a little Name That Church, Bob, we got to clean up our, our mess from last segment. Woo! We got a toughie here. Okay. A nine-year-old Noah asked a question. He asked us to describe what this means. Jesus is a liberal. Oh, this is a tough one. And thank you, Noah, for calling us in. Uh, if you have uh, any other bumper stickers or questions, give us a call. 1-800-385-SOLA. 1-800-385-7652. All right, Noah. Uh, okay, the first thing I think we've got to talk about is define a few a few words, uh, a few terms here. Um, typically in... Um, well, pretty much all matters of life, but uh, typically in in uh, political issues, uh, issues concerning uh, government or concerning um, just kind of matters of uh, of this world, there's two kind of sides of an issue. Uh, you might just call it conservative and liberal. Uh, conservatism usually looks at particular views of with like a smaller government, less regulation, a free market, these kinds of things. Um, lower taxes. Um, uh, they, they're usually on the sides of particular social concerns, so they would uphold the, the traditional understanding of marriage, oppose um, abortion, uh, all these kinds of things. Um, uh, this would be kind of the views of the, the, the traditional conservative side. Now, the other side of that then is the liberal. Um, and this would, they would then want a more regulation, larger government. They look for the, the government to be the regulating force, uh, the regulating uh, body in pretty much all matters. Um, they would then need higher taxes to support things like that. You know, it, it's hard to, uh, uh, for example, one issue that, that's being discussed right now is, is uh, universal health care, that, that people would be able, that the government would provide health care for, for those who can't afford it. And so in order to do that, you have to have higher taxes. And then um, this is where the term liberal comes from, um, liberal meaning free or, or liberation. And so they uh, they think that they're liberating, they're freeing people who are oppressed, who can't get married if they're homosexual or, or various things like this. So these are kind of the two classic views. Um, now, this bumper sticker says Jesus is a liberal. So I think what this individual or this bumper sticker writer is just saying is that Jesus is on our side. <laughs> this person is probably also a liberal. Or that that uh, that trying to play on what Jesus does in the, in the freedom and forgiveness of sins is like the same thing of what Jesus did when he walked around. He, he, he healed people. And so um, this person is trying to say that, that if Jesus was here today, he would not be a conservative, he would be a liberal because he'd be going around healing everyone. And, uh, and agree with that point of view. So this, I think, is what's behind this bumper sticker. That's the best I can do. Uh, Vicar, do you have anything else? Do you have any other, other ideas on that? Uh, no, I think that sums it up pretty well. Okay, so uh, that's, the, that's the best I can do. Um, though if, if uh, someone else has a better way of, of describing that to a 9-year-old, then I then encourage you to call in. And, I would uh, say that, can I say something real yeah, quick here? Yeah, please. I would say probably the easiest way of saying that Jesus is a liberal, it's uh, Jesus is tolerant, all loving, and doesn't care what you do, mm. as long as you don't hurt anyone. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I I think that's good. I, and you know that that's something that we're hearing more and more today that um, we should be uh, tolerant. And by the way, we should maybe talk about what tolerance is. 
um, because there's a kind of tolerance that we can agree with and a, a kind of tolerance that we should reject. The kind of tolerance that we should reject says that we should be tolerant, meaning that we should never say anybody else is wrong. Okay, so uh, you're going around and uh, you're you're stealing uh, marbles from your from your friends. Um, I shouldn't say that that's wrong. I need to be tolerant of that. Okay, that's one kind of tolerance. The other kind of tolerance is that we simply let people speak uh, speak their opinions. We let someone say uh, their view of things. And we should be tolerant in letting them say what they want to say. We should never, we should never shush people from saying what they their their opinion. Okay. Um, however, that doesn't mean just because I let someone say what they what they wanted to say, that doesn't mean that I that they're right or that I have to agree with them. Um, so that uh, we should all be tolerant in the sense that we should have everyone um, give their opinion. They should have reasons and arguments. Um, but at the end of the day, there are good arguments. And there are bad arguments. And it's okay to say you have a bad argument on the basis of this argument. So we have to uh, define what we mean by by tolerance. Since we're defining terms, can you also define is and a? (laughs) Why don't you go ahead and do that? Uh, No, thanks. (laughs) Uh, A is an indefinite article, and uh, is is is. A verb. A verb. Thank you. To be. To be. All right. So now let's play a little uh, name that church body. I'll go first if that's okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I have, um, uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five sections here. And I'll name off the section titles and you tell me which, which three you want to hear. We'll go one at a time. The first one is entitled Harmony and then Reincarnation and then Power Through Knowledge, Law of Attraction, and Deity. Um, reincarnation, please. Okay. We define reincarnation as an orderly system of learning through which a being, uh, through which a being progresses. This is not a tally of quote unquote sins or punishments, nor is it a tally of good deeds. Compare human experiences to academic term papers, for example, a way of learning and improving. That's weird. <laughs> Compare human experiences to academic term papers. For example, a way of learning and improving. Okay? Oh, okay. So, I think I know what they're trying to say. Yeah, yeah. So in a term paper, you want to... Uh, so you you get uh, you get multiple term papers, right? And you want to get better in each one. Yes. Um, but that doesn't then determine. It's not. That's not making a tally of. Okay, this is a good term paper. This is a bad term paper. Correct. Okay. So uh, that's reincarnation. You have harmony, power. Unless you have a, a comment on that. Any any comment on that? Um, no. It's a different view of reincarnation than what uh, I generally know of it. So it's a very interesting way they explained it. Okay, so we have harmony, power through knowledge, law of attraction, and deity. Uh, Let's do deity. Deity. In the center of everything is the goddess. And then then you have a parenthetical. This is is our shorthand for the deity construct and should not be mistaken to mean a specifically female or male deity construct. Okay, and then it says, like gravity, goddess is impersonal. It treats everyone alike. It transcends gender and human emotions. Certain ideas cluster around the deity. We hear 
are are uh, monotheists. It says. Hmm. Wow. It, it sounds like this this religion is trying to follow Eastern religion, but I feel like it's very current. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> what, what what are the other sections? Okay. You have uh, harmony, power through knowledge, or law of attraction. Who? Uh, law of attraction. Okay, this is the longest. It says, what, uh, what I do to other living creatures, I will draw to myself. Shakespeare called this measure for measure. It can also be expressed as birds of a feather flock together. We do not, however, ascribe to the common, the, to the commonly called law of three, where what I do comes back to me three times. We have had too much science in our backgrounds, as one might, uh, as one might think, every action has an equal and opposite reaction. The law of three, so uh, sorry, the law of three that is so commonly touted as a possible punishment when you are seen to be doing bad follows this concept. When you point your finger at another in judgment, anger, etc., you have three fingers pointing back at you. Where the opportunity for where is the opportunity for spiritual growth? Your judgment of the person you are pointing at uh, sorry, your judgment of the person you are pointing at pointing one finger at that is not a complete sentence. Um, or in reflecting upon the three fingers pointing back at you, worth a moment to consider, eh? So, um, since I kind of butchered the reading, uh, basically it's saying that it, it uh, measure for measure or that birds of a feather flock together ascribe this law of attraction, not the law of three, because we shouldn't be uh, judging or condemning other, other people because then there's no spiritual opportunity for spiritual growth. Hmm. I have no idea what this is. It, <laughs> it's, I mean, they're, 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 it's definitely coming from the feminist mov- movement. They're taking from Eastern culture. Uh, we know it's after Shakespeare, uh, since they mentioned Shakespeare. Oh, good point. Um, I, I, I feel like this is almost a weird deviling of some American ideals and culture mixed with ideas from Eastern culture with Buddhism and Hinduism. Hmm. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll give you the commercial break to decide, and then when we come back, we'll let you uh, render a guess if you can muster up even a, even a guess. All right. Uh, all right. So uh, when we get back from this break, uh, Vicar will be telling us an idea of uh, what this church may be, and uh, we'll be right back. And then we're also going to be getting some uh, hints from from the Vicar of, of some possible church bodies. We'll be right back. Let's find the church. Anyone will work. Be it Baptist, Methodist, Lutheran, or Presbyterian. How about a country chapel? A city tabernacle? As long as we can say I do, I'm gonna marry you. Be the luckiest man on this earth. I can't wait. Table Talk Radio, answering the age-old question. If a radio show is broadcasting and no one listens, does it still make a sound? 
belong to the First United Baptist Church in Christ our Lord. Where all of God's children will harmonize and sing in one accord. You can call yourself what you will, it don't make no difference still. One spirit, one body, one church, one faith, one Lord. Power or energy resides within each living creature. One can learn how to direct power. Whether energy or power feels good or evil depends upon the sender's intention. In more enlightened times, remember these tenets have been with us for many, many years, we like to say that this also means self-empowerment through knowledge. The place to grow and learn is, again, within you. The more wisdom you gain the more you will find self-empowerment. That is power through knowledge through this mysterious church body that uh, Vicar Dulas... Can I call you Vicar Dulas? Vicar, please. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This is the uh, the church body that Vicar has to decide. Now, do you have any idea what this could possibly could be? I, it, it, I don't know. There, there's so many weird things like... Uh, if there was just something in there about taking care of the world, I'd say it's almost like follow Mother Earth Church. I want to say it's some church of the goddess. That's my answer. I have no idea. Uh, you were looking for the church of Wicca. Wow. <laughs> I had no idea. Wicca? Wow. Yeah. I got to look at Wicca now. Yeah. I'm very interested. This is this is interesting stuff. I think it does pull from some of these Eastern religions, right? This uh, some of these ideas, reincarnation. I noticed the main theme in reading through the ones that we read here is that you're supposed to be very non-judgmental. You yes. Know? But then I also noticed that power can be uh, good or evil. Well, um, doesn't it seem like there would be a then a right or a wrong um, way of a sender's intention of using this power then? Um, I mean, how how would they be so judgmental to say some people use this power for evil? I mean, that's right. so judgmental. Right. Well, I, th- I think it has to do with that idea of the goddess being gravity. She already has this understanding of what's good and bad or something. I don't know. Hmm. So you haven't come across that one before, huh? No. <laughs> Very good. Uh, all right. Well, I I guess I'm ready for yours if uh, if you're ready. All right. Well, I have a couple things. Um, your categories are, and, and this this is a, a, a questions. There isn't a, a specific outline of, of doctrine. It's more answering uh, questions. Okay. You'll understand why it's questions okay. when you're done. Uh, your things are, what is blank? Uh, what are the characteristics of religion? Uh, what are the main differences between blank and other religions? Uh, what are the characteristics of blank? What is the greatest quality of blank? What are the basic principles of blank? Uh, what are the sacraments in blank? And uh, what what is the basic tenant of blank? Whew, so many. Yep. All right, I'm going to go for that last one. What is the basic tenant? So I'm going to try and get the, uh, the material principle here. All right. Uh, a philosophy of treating other religions with respect and tolerance and compassion of peaceful coexistence in a basic is a basic tenet of blank. Whew, so tolerance is the material principle. Yep, respect and compassion. 
That is crazy. Okay, so man, we're really on tolerance today, aren't we? Um, yes, we are. This okay. So this religion says you shouldn't uh, be mean to other religions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. I need another one. Give uh, give me the sacraments. That ought to be that ought to reveal something. All right. Uh, the sacraments. Uh, there are 16 main sacraments. Whoa. These range from conception to funeral ceremonies. Um, sacrament of impregna- impregnation. Second or third month of pregnancy, between the fifth and eighth month of pregnancy, at the time when the child is being born, naming the child, child is brought out of house third and fourth month, the first feeding of cereal at six months, first time cutting of hair first year or third year, piercing the ears in the third or fifth year, investiture of sacred thread from eighth year, when studies are completed, marriage ceremony, Sacraments relating to householders, renouncing the householder's life, leading the life of a monk, funeral last rites of the dead. Whoa. I thought you said this one was going to be easy. I thought it would be. (laughs) Thanks a lot. (laughs) Oh, man. 16 sacraments. Okay. Um, There's some interesting ones in there, too. Man. Uh, I think I'm going to go for this last one then. Just the first question you had, um, what is this, this thing, this blank? Uh, what is blank? Yes. Okay. I, I will give you another because it's almost the same as a tenant. Okay. So you can have one more after this. Okay. Uh, blank is a combination of religion, culture, philosophy, way of life, heritage, tradition, and festivals. Hmm. Okay, then uh, read off some of those in the middle again for me. Uh, What are the characteristics of religion? Uh, What are the main differences between blank and other religions? Let's do that one. Let's do that one. All right. Uh, What are the differences? A, blank is God-centered, whereas other organized religions are prophet-centered. Blank teaches many paths to achieve salvation, whereas other religions teach only one path suggested by the prophet. Your, your relationship with God is personal, whereas other religions teach that your relation with God is only through profit. Blank provides a greater freedom of worship method, whereas other religions specify the method suggested by the prophet. Whoa. Okay, so um, this is certainly attacking the idea of a prophet, um, so that the, the prophet is somehow the gatekeeper of uh, of this of, of God or something like that, and you can only get to God if you go through this prophet. This whoever did this write up though doesn't know anything about Christianity, because they're obviously treating Jesus as a prophet. Um, and very true. Jesus is a prophet, by the way, but he's also God Himself. So uh, that would priest and king. Yeah, that's right. Oh man. Um, I, I'm having a hard time thinking of what this could be. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the, like, maybe Indian religions or, oh, man, I don't know. Um, I'm going to say um, Baha'i. <laughs> uh, no. What is it? Hinduism. Hinduism. I didn't know about yeah. the 16 sacraments of Hinduism. Uh, yeah. Um, I actually visited this Hindu temple when I was in gra- undergrad. Wow. Um, they're trying to make it into this big place right now. It's just in uh, two, you know, those uh, makeshift homes that you just build and then move and put down. 
They're in two of these huh. um, right now. So, yeah, this is uh, Hinduism. Wow. I never I never knew all of that. So see, hey, look, you, even the <laughs> even the host of Table Talk Radio learned during the broadcast of Table Talk Radio. All right, we have 3 minutes. You want to do a quick one? I got sure. another one for you. Okay, I got God, creation, man and original sin, Jesus the son of God, justification, the means of grace, good works, the church, baptism, the Lord's supper, confession, absolution, repentance and the second coming of Christ. Jeez, I'll go with original sin. Original sin is always a good place to start. It says, Mankind was created perfect in the image image and likeness of God. This means that Adam and Eve had perfect fear, love, and trust in God alone. But this image and likeness was lost the fall. When Adam and Eve disobeyed God's command and ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, from this point onward, uh, every person is born in sin and is without fear, love, and trust in God, and is guilty before God. This inherited sin is called original sin. The punishment for the sin is death and damnation. Hmm. Well, they definitely know about original sin. <laughs> Are they getting that pretty close? Yeah. Okay. Uh, the, the man. Actually, that was together, man and original sin. Oh, okay. Uh, Jesus Christ? All right. Uh, for us and for our salvation, the Son of God took on man's nature in the womb in the Virgin Mary and became man. His name is Jesus. Jesus is God, co-equal with Father and the Holy Spirit. Jesus has two natures, divine and human, which are forever united in the one person. He is truly born, or he was truly born, suffered, and crucified and buried, that he might be a sacrifice for all sin and reconcile us to the Father. Sounds like substitutionary atonement right there. <laughs> Don't you wish you would have said... Oh, I meant to say myth on the last one. Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta, you're giving me all these myths I could have hammered out of the park. Yeah. Oh, well. All right. Um, you have one more. We have about a minute here. Can I just take a guess? Sure. Guess right now. I want to say it's a Lutheran church. This is the statement of beliefs found at Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. So I'm really glad you didn't guess like Hinduism or Wicca on this one. That would have been bad. Well, I was I was going to guess Scientology, but uh, <laughs> the thing about original sin changed my mind. <laughs> you were right on original or uh, uh, Scientology. Now I just thought of something on this last one we were doing this. Uh, this um, tolerance thing, I that is true. Uh, I forgot about Hinduism being uh, all about this. You know, every religion is a path to God, isn't it? Yeah. Well, what's what's very interesting here when they talk about God, um, God is centered, um, but He can have many different names. Uh, the way of salvation is uh, by many different paths. Um, it's one God, but different names, one God, but different forms, one God, but different paths, uh, which has always struck me weird in Hinduism, how they can have such a, so many different gods, the Shiva, the destroyer, you have, uh, Ganesh, the elephant God, um, all these just weird gods, but they all lead to one. Yeah, that is bizarre. Well, hey, congratulations, Victor. You made it through your first Table Talk Radio broadcast solo. Thank you. And then there will be many more to come, I think. Now that uh, we've completely unseated our, our usual coast, we're set We're set to go. Sounds good. I don't serve Facebook, and I get ready for it. There you, there you go. Well, thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. 
where I'll probably be paid with the points that Pastor Wolfie will give me, but we'll take them because he's You've a pastor. You've been listening to Table Talk Radio. <laughs> the views expressed on this show are that of the hosts and do not reflect the views or opinions of this station. We would like your feedback on today's show. Call us toll-free, 1-800-385-SOLA. That's 1-800-385-SOLA. Or send us an email, questions at tabletalkradio.org. You can listen again to this show or any of our past shows on our website, tabletalkradio.org. Thanks for listening and tune in again next time to Table Talk Radio.